This is Pave It Black. Hi, and welcome to Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And today we're launching season three of our podcast, which is going to focus on technology and innovation. There are a lot of people that look at the construction industry and especially the road construction industry and think of it as an industry that's behind the times, it's not advancing. But this season, we're really going to focus on different opportunities that we can take and we are taking to really move things forward. So when we talk about technology and innovation, I think two of the questions that come to mind for me when you think about the construction industry is why, why is innovation important? And then when you drill down just a little bit more, why should companies always be on the lookout for the next big thing? So to help our listeners understand these two questions and maybe drill a little bit deeper, We've invited someone who our members are gonna be familiar with. He was a keynote speaker at our 2020 National Asphalt Pavement Association annual meeting in Maui, Hawaii, Mr. Nicholas Webb. Welcome to the podcast, Nick. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. For those who aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, so, well, I mean, more recently, I divide my life into three categories. I, I work as the chief innovation officer for one of the largest medical schools in the country, where I also serve as an adjunct professor. So I have a lot of fun there leveraging the superpower of innovation uh, in a way that actually impacts patients. So it's exciting. Um, I also, uh, prior to uh, COVID-19, I traveled around the world and spoke at 70 events uh, around the world and had a chance to learn from a lot of really great people. Now that's done more virtually, a little less gratifying, but still getting the job done. And then we, uh, I also have an organization called Learn Logic, where we do online certification training programs uh, for companies across a wide range of enterprise excellence. And I guess maybe fourthly, we do have a little lab that uh, we use to develop a range of technologies and connected technologies. So we hear the word innovate or innovative thrown around a lot. I'm hoping maybe you could help us with what it really means to innovate or what it means to be innovative. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think the best way to look at this is that, you know, we used to live in a world of sameness, right? Pretty much every day seems similar to the day before. And the changes that were happening within organizations, within customers and with technologies were gradual, they were incremental. And I think most importantly, they were reasonably predictable. So I think, you know, innovation has a new and exciting definition in a post C-19 marketscape and that when things are changing, we need to be able to respond to that change by creating newness in a time uh, that has exited sameness. So the best way, and I think the best definition that there is out there for its formal definition, um, certainly not according to the Wikipedia, but according to one of my books, <laughs> so I'll consider it to be the formal definition, is that really it's about the ability to create layered value that serves your customer and your organization, right? That's, it's, it's novel value that serves your organization and your customer. That's really what innovation is. So innovation today can be everything from new processes that increase efficiency to ways to be able to drive, in the case of uh, road construction, ways to improve safety, ways to collaborate around safety, ways to be able to add layered value to the core product of a road. So 
The neat thing about it is, is that it's anything that serves our customers and our organization is really an innovation. You make a living out of innovations. I mean, innovative or innovation is in the title, one of the titles of your jobs. Yeah. Um, and it's actually something we've started to see a little bit more recently. The Federal Highway Administration now even actually has a chief innovation officer. Was this something you always had an interest in? Or do business owners really become innovative or innovators because they have to to survive? Right. Well, it's a little bit of both. I started my uh, career as uh, in science fair, right? I created my first science fair project where I took a couple Easter egg cups and uh, hooked it to a toy motor, which cut the lines of force in the inductor, which turned basically the toy motor into a generator. And then by sticking it out the window of my mom's Plymouth Valiant, we were able to take a milliamp meter and contrast that to the speedometer to create the corollary between uh, the speed of the vehicle and the amounts of milliamps that were produced. And that was really, really cool. And then I developed uh, you know, a multi-switch for a multi-switch uh, wind vane, a digital wind vane. So doing that was just crazy. I just decided that I wanted to create contraptions and, and, uh, and innovations. And then later on, I had the great honor of being able to, to innovate healthcare technologies. One of my first innovations was one of the world's smallest medical implants for the treatment of ocular surface disease. And I actually invented one of the first wearable technologies before there was a functional internet. So, uh, and by the way, I love to talk about my great successes because 99.99% of them are total flops. <laughs> so I try to keep people off the subject of the majority of the things I've come up with because they've been pretty bad. Uh, and and that, in, that, in fact, is what innovation is about, right? It's controlled failure for the furtherance of improvement. And that's what's beautiful about it. But I do think that organizations now realize that their customers changing, technology is emerging, uh, customers are demanding different things. Um, we're in a friction freedom economy where customers have zero tolerance for friction. Uh, they want new value. They want layered value, meaning that it's value that is on top of value. Uh, they want dynamic value. If you think of the iPhone, the iPhone today is much better than it was yesterday because a bunch of app developers created a bunch of new technologies to be able to improve the core platform. So I think that um, the most interesting thing about innovation today is that most of the great innovations that are happening are actually business processes and they're less about the bright, shiny object. So when you look at some of the great innovators that have really changed business, whether it's technology or some other sector, do you think there's uh, certain characteristics of the people that are making those innovations or being innovative that really help them be successful or help them be the innovators that they are? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that when you take a look at innovators, they're, they're willing to do stuff that most other people aren't willing to do. And if they do it well, there are tremendous benefits. But, you know, it's easy to think about the obvious innovators, you know, the Steve Jobs of the world. But what about the um, Mike guy who launched MyPillow, right? Does anybody, I mean, I think it's a federal law now, you have to have a MyPillow, right? And so what was that? Was it, was it an iPad? No, but it impacted people in a really, really big way, according to his customers. He simply found a way to chop up polyurethane foam. Not exactly ingenious in some ways, but the, the innovative spirit was there. He decided to find a better way to create a pillow. That's the, the reason I like that as an example is um, he had a target, improve sleep with better pillows. You can take my iPhone, but don't take my bug assault fly gun from me. 
because that would hurt me at a very deep level. So the guy that invented the bug assault, and if you don't have one, I mean, it's literally the best invention I've seen in a long time. And I review high technologies all day long. Uh, you know, he, the, the, um, the individual who invented it uh, lived near the beach in Southern California, and he used to go to the beach. And um, I, one day they were out picnicking and they had their Daisy BB guns. And he took a handful of sand and he shoved it inside the BB gun. And he found that he could take out uh, flies with his BB gun using salt. And in fact, I, this is going to, I hate to admit this because it shows uh, how quirky I actually am, but I went on their website and ordered larva so I could grow more flies to shoot. That's how, that's how much I love my bug assault. Uh, and, it, and according to him, it's uh, some of his biggest sales. So again, these are silly examples, but they're examples of the fact that if, we're, if we can be active observers, just pay attention to ways to improve the quality of life of our customers and our stakeholders, we can do some really incredible things and they can have big impacts. I, I think one of the biggest concerns, and I have four kids and I constantly have to remind them of this, you don't have to create uh, an iPad in order to deliver value to the universe. Some of the greatest innovations have been simple, straightforward, and by many people's definition, almost obvious. Moving from kind of innovators to innovations, and, and you talked a little bit about this, is there are numerous different attributes to innovations. For example, an innovation can make something cheaper. It could make something faster, safer, more efficient, or even stronger. But in the, the market today, what are some of those biggest drivers that make people latch on to an innovation and, and actually want to implement it? Because saying I like something versus we're doing this are two different ideas. Right. Well, and see there that what you just suggested, faster, bigger, you know, and so on, those are the results of an innovation, right? The innovation has to target uh, a need, a problem, or an opportunity, right? It has to be a big enough need, need to be able to serve enough people or to, to represent a marketplace. It has to be a problem that's widely recognized. I used to develop a lot of surgical products. I did one in particular that was a pupil expander for cataract surgery. And the problem was it, it did a great job of expanding the pupil for cataract surgery. The problem is none of the doctors thought that was a problem, right? So even though it technically was, but they they dealt with it by other means. So innovation's genesis has to start through active observation of needs, problems, and opportunities. And then from there, you create the derivative, speed, size, so I see maybe it needs to be bigger, maybe it needs to be smaller. In the case of roads, for an example, you know, for a long, long time, roads have really been sort of monofunctional in many ways, right? So is there a way to make roads multifunctional in a really meaningful way, right? You know, as you know, we've developed some technologies there that, uh, that we really think can do those kinds of things. So, um, you know, is there a way to use uh, the road in a far more intelligent way given the inevitability of autonomous vehicles. I mean, right now, autonomous vehicles count on celestial data from satellites, and it counts on onboard sensor technology. I mean, when you're talking about going down the freeway at 90 miles an hour, that's probably not good enough. There probably needs to be digital linkage to the road. Um, so there's a need. So how do you do, you know, how do you embed these sensor technologies into the roadway? What about uh, the inevitability of drones? Drones will absolutely use roads 
as their terrestrial waypoint. And the reason for that is that roads are always positioned in a place that's in the public. Uh, they're usually noisy. They're usually not private uh, courtyards, right? So drones are going to need a way to, and, and oftentimes they're the most intelligent way to get somewhere. So how are we going to leverage terrestrial beacon technology to be able to use the roadway in a multifunctional way? That's another great example of how we could innovate with roads. Roads are gonna be connected. Roads are gonna be multifunctional. Roads are gonna be intelligent. Even in the way in which we, we, we have aggregate, when we're, we're developing, you know, we can create stuff where we pour sensors into the batch O asphalt and dispense that in a way where you can actually get real time and even continuous through passive sensor technology, continuous data off that road. So the road owner can understand the road condition just by driving across the road with, with uh, remote sensors that are at surface level. So again, there's just so much opportunity to do that. I think also in, in the asphalt space, we're going to see new innovations about the way we collaborate, the way in which we engage and address the new workforce the way in which we recognize differences and, and improve the way in which we have a beautiful quality of work life. Uh, and that certainly speaks to, to one of our principal problems in, in road construction, which of course is safety. So anyway, I think, um, you know, I think that there's tremendous opportunity, but I think the problem is when most people think about innovation, they see it as something that is a bright, shiny object that's a incremental improvement. So when I think about our industry and some parts of it, even within the customer base might be a little bit worried or um, scared even of innovation just because of what they might attribute to some risks associated with the unknown or different or change, right? So I guess I'd be interested in how you can do innovation, but try to keep those risks minimized. If it's maybe focusing on little wins or what is there, I guess, for somebody to try to really limit the risks associated with being innovative? Yeah, and that's always the problem. You know, in fact, when I look at most organizations that have an innovation system, if I take a close look at it, what I'm really seeing is a risk management system, right? And very few cool things come out of risk management. And rare, in fact, there is even, you know, some sense of, uh, of risk homeostasis, right? Where the more you focus on risk, the more risky things get. Or, you know, uh, our logo therapy, uh, Frankel's concept of paradoxical intent, the more you try to not injure yourself, the more you injure yourself, right? So I think that, that, uh, that the truth of the matter is, is that, and I think it was Zuckerberg that said it most recently, that the biggest risk for organizations today is not being willing to take risks. Because again, We've left an era of slowness and incrementalism. Pre-C19 was speeding up, but generally speaking, it was sameness, it was legacy, it was incremental. What we see today is the scrappy survivors, the people that are coming up like the uh, phoenix rising from the ashes of the pandemic. And what they are, are fast, they're innovative, they're connectors, right? And so I think the biggest risk to, to quote uh, Zuckerberg, is the biggest risk in business today is your unwillingness to take risk. And, and the way you mitigate risk is uh, just the, the risk of innovation is the way you would do it through any other process. You know, is this something we really should be doing? Does it really serve our enterprise? Asking those, those sort of stage gate questions to really make sure that you've, you've thought the process through. 
I, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time to be with us today and kind of set the stage for where we're going. There, there are definitely some things that we're going to be talking about over season three, which are, are kind of those big shiny objects. And then there are going to be some of those innovations and in technologies that we're talking about, which are more of those incremental process changes to help, help us take that next step towards efficiency. But hopefully through some of the conversations, we're not just going to be looking at, well, what, was, what did this step do? It's what are those next two or three steps down the line where we need to be moving? Because if we're only focusing on where we are, it's going to prevent us from eventually getting to one day where we want to be with the industry. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, you know, keep in mind as you're looking at these uh, bright, shiny objects and these processes and these incremental improvements, you know, the best way to look at innovation is it's like a stock portfolio. And it's really comprised of four different risk profiles. One is incrementalism, which gets a bad rap, but, you know, incrementalism is another way of saying continuous process improvement, right? And there's certainly nothing wrong with continuing to optimize processes. As a Six Sigma black belt, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm drinking the, the incremental improvement Kool-Aid. But if that's all you're doing, chances are you're going to get passed up, right? So the next area that you have to look at is landmark innovations. And these are significant ways in which you improve the efficiency and the way in which you do business, the, the quality and the value that you deliver. And, and those are important as well. And they, those can manifest as processes or actual uh, tangible things. And then you get into breakthrough innovations, and these are just game changers. These are completely new ways to do things, new materials, new processes, and so on. And then what I think we're going to see in, in, uh, in asphalt is I think we're going to see a, a, a lot more breakthrough innovations, and certainly we're going to see some disruptive innovations. And disruptive innovations are destructively creative. In other words, they destroy complete segments of a business, and they displace them with something that is far better. And so Asphalt needs to keep an eye on breakthrough and disruptive innovations over the next 36 months, because that's where the really cool opportunities are. And that's where we're going to create layered and dynamic roads. We're going to create roads that are technologically enabled. We're going to leverage them to be multifunctional. We're going to make them dynamic, meaning that they get better all the time, even after they've been installed. So there's just a lot of really neat things that I think are, I, I think it's, I've had the great honor of meeting several of your attendees at the, at the event. First of all, some of the nicest people I've ever met. I mean, I go to a lot of events. I don't know what it is about asphalt, but, but I also, what I thought was exciting was just their, their openness to the idea that they are at a inflection point and that this inflection point may be the time where we create a lot of newness. And I, I think that's probably right. I really think that there is some great, information here. I think it's definitely something that our, our members and the listeners need to, need to be reminded of because everyone right now is going to be looking for something big new once they can finally start doing stuff again and getting out and realizing that sometimes even finding those little wins are, are, are big enough to keep me moving while I'm waiting for that kind of landmark or breakthrough kind of event. Yeah. Yeah. Fred, do you have anything else or? No, thank you though. Definitely. Got a lot of takeaways and appreciate all the insight, innovation. It's a great topic and it's always interesting and gets the mind turning. So, all right. Sounds great. Thanks so much, you guys. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. So my first takeaway is I now know what I'm getting you, Joseph and Casey for your Christmas presents this year, <laughs> a bug assault gun. <laughs> Dude, I'll take one. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not bug assault, bug assault, S-A-L-T.
one of those takeaways. I, I mean, the last question that I asked really is my biggest takeaway is that if when you think about innovation, you think about all the risks associated with it, you're never going to succeed because right. then you're more focused on risk management than you are on trying to figure out that next solution. You know what I mean? You're not, yeah. you're not focused on actually doing what innovation is, which is solving a problem and coming up with a better way to do something. Yeah. And I think my takeaway is don't discount innovation that isn't the bright, shiny object. Yeah, there's always going to be that massive thing that really changes, changes everything. But innovation is process change that it makes you more efficient. It may be tweaking the way that you do a mixed design. So it saves you a little bit of money in the end, but it still makes it perform. I think the word innovate is a lot broader than people give it credit for. And we need to ensure that we approach innovating with that open mind and ensure we don't discount ourselves because we didn't necessarily create that big new thing. But my yep. big takeaway, bug assault. Dude, bug assault. I'm buying some right now. You can buy me one if you want, but I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. buy some for my family too. <laughs> oh. We just want to thank everyone again for being here with us today. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. We just want you to remember, as you're driving around America's highways, someone from our industry paved it black. Pave It Black is produced by Monica Dutcher of the National Asphalt Pavement Association with podcast theme music credits to Colleek. You can find Pave It Black on most of your favorite platforms, including SoundCloud and iTunes. If you would like to suggest someone for us to interview, please email Richard Willis at rwillis at asphaltpavement.org. That's R-W-I-L-L-I-S at asphaltpavement.org. Until next time, Keep paving it black.